This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. I'm going to tell you guys about my friends, The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Located right there on 1488 in Conroe. Right now, they're not open, but the Facebook page is active. They are still working every day to keep to keep their inventory going. They're building a website. They, they're working on some events behind the scenes that they can hopefully still put together, even maybe some, some internet-based things that they're working on. Uh, but they're, they want to stay connected with the community. They want to stay connected with you guys. And they want to keep serving the community in any way they can during these trying times. So reach out to facebook.com backslash. Uh, I believe it's The Adventure Begins. If not, just check the search bar. The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. We often link to them so you can see them on our page. Just reach out. And if you can support them at all, go ahead and do so. Uh, as everybody kind of goes through this great pandemic opportunity. Uh, thanks and be safe, guys. Hey, Conros, this is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health crisis straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community, so takeouts. Uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but this, the community has always relied on the, itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who've been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest growing counties in all of America. Uh, thank you very much and stay safe and stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Hello, and welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio. Hanging out here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Um, as always, you can check us on Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. And as usual, this is me, Corey DLG. And with me, as typical, is little brother Nico. Hello, hello. Uh, yeah, man, uh, the corona quarantine stays in effect, so we are, yet again, double remote. Um, the second ever double remote. This is going to get a lot less entertaining, like, the 16th time we've done it. Yeah, well, it definitely will. So we are now, like, we're in, like, studios, like, C and D at this point. Yeah. We We are, no... Yeah, I guess so. C and D at this point. Like, we're pretty spread thin here. But uh, we're making yeah. it work. And we're hanging out here and staying positive and doing our thing. And, um, yeah, there's a lot going on in the nerd world. So we're still going to have stuff to talk about. Um, first thing that happened, big, big news. It happened very quickly over the span of from from Monday afternoon to last night. It's been a tumultuous three days in the world of comic books. Uh, I don't know if you heard about it. Um, but basically because diamond is shut down during this whole thing and potentially might be having cash flow issues, they actually said for the first time ever, they're not going to be able to pay publishers. Ooh. Yes. Wow. So there's a little bit going on there that should be. Be concerned. I'm not sure how everyone feels about that. Um, I think that that's, a little alarming, 
But more importantly than that, yeah. um, they're not shipping books either. So stores that are in places where they're not. So here in Texas, we have a shelter-in-place order in place. So we are literally being told if it's not essential, which is like 30 industries, stupidly, um, then you're supposed to stay at home. Okay. So like a third of the workforce is staying home, but things like comic shops are considered non-essential. Um, so that being said, there are comic shops across the country that are closed, but then there are some in certain states and certain places that are open. They were not told to close down. They haven't been given any kind of orders at all to that regard. And they're just hanging out doing their thing. Um, and they've got to do it now with no new comic books. So the stores have been sort of fretting, upset, nervous, concerned. They didn't. They don't like what this means for them. Um, you know, for them, it, it looks very defeated. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. You know, if Diamond's throwing in the towel and not shipping comic books, then, then, then K the F, you know? Like, what are they supposed to do? Um, so suddenly a solution appeared on the horizons Monday night. Uh, it was a big announcement. There's a company called Comics Hub, and they do the POS system for, uh, for comic book stores. Okay? So they've got an integrated inventory software system already built that most stores use. They're highly rated. They're very beloved. People like them. Okay? Well, people used to like them, I guess, probably. It's probably a lot less now. Um, yeah. What wound up happening is the pitch was this. They were going to work with Comixology, and a percentage of digital sales were going to – people were going to be able to go through, like, the Comics Hub app to buy digital copies of comic books. And they were going to be given physical codes that they could take to the shops to redeem later. But the stores will get paid as they buy the digital copies. So the stores get the money from the the sales. So the stores were going to get their cut for the digital sales. Kind of similar to what they're trying to do with the movies. What's that? I said similar to what they're trying to do with like movie theaters. Oh, is that what they're trying to do with movies? Well, we mentioned it last time where like they're thinking about like having some sort of deal with the ticket holders and the releasing these films early. Yeah, but I don't think that's I don't think any of that's gonna roll back to the theater. I don't think that's I think that money is gonna roll back to the studios. This was going Probably. to go to the shop as well as to the publisher. So like everyone was gonna get their cut like it was a print comic book, but it was gonna be digital. Mm. Which goes back to one of my very first problems with digital, and you and I have talked about this. I don't like the digital is the same price as print. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, because it's it's expensive for what it is. Exactly, because it's not. It's not. It's just not the same thing. It's just not. You know, as I as I print my own comic books, the thing I'm coming across is like I'm spending a lot of money printing and shipping. None of that happens on a digital product. So there should be a mass savings that should be passed on the consumer, but for some reason it never has been, and it never will be. Um, and so. This seems like a good idea, at least to me. At least it's money in the pocket that's never been done before. And frankly, if you can start a ball rolling in a certain direction, 
it's really hard to roll it back later. So, like, yeah. if if shops can start getting a piece of digital now, then it's way harder for digital later to be like, oh, no, 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 never mind. You don't get your piece anymore. Yeah, so this is just a net gain for the stores. To me, yes. If I was a store, I would be excited about, A, a brand new revenue stream, and B, this is a way where I can sell comic books still. I can make little videos and, oh, man, check out Wonder Woman 18, and you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a real opportunity for me Um, if I'm a store owner. Well, the store owners felt the exact opposite, uh, and they pooped pretty much all over it. And uh, very, very quickly, it went away. What was their complaint with it? Um, A lot of them feel like going digital in any way, shape, or form, or endorsing digital or getting involved with digital is an absolute betrayal of everything the stores stand for. I mean, like, to an extent, I can see that, but... But not if you're getting out of it, right? Right, yeah, not if I'm getting, and maybe, like, maybe if it was, like, weird or, like, a difficult process, but if it's, like, easily accessible and you get the cut, there's really no reason to complain about it. Well, and here's the other part is, in theory, these people buying digital right now were going to get codes where they could come in and be given physical copies later. So, like, you're also going to get them in your store. Right, yeah, they have to show up to get their stuff. Right, and so to me, this seems this feels like a win-win-win. But the stores didn't like the idea that the process wasn't planned out very well about how they were going to handle the actual physical copies. Which, okay, all right, okay, fine. Um, and then they just didn't want to be involved in the process of going digital. They didn't want anything to do with it. It's an interesting stance to take. I don't know if I agree. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I agree at all. For like I said, for me, it's a revenue stream and an opportunity to get customers, potentially new customers. Um, also, it's a potential. It's opening a revenue stream at a time when all my revenue streams are closing. Um, right, or difficult to get to. It gives me an opportunity whatever. to use this closed time to grow that as its own thing, and then when everything else reopens, to integrate it like. I see it as a win, 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 but the shops do not. And that's, listen, that's their prerogative. They're their own entity. Um, but so within 48 hours, this thing went from being the savior of the direct market to being canceled. Ah, sweet. I love people. Like it was, you know, there was a, you know, there was a guy who slaved away for like two weeks of writing all this code to get everything ready. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's got a name. It's Scott something. They, they, they reference him. He, he runs Comics Hub and he's like a friend to the industry. All the store owners love him because he fixes code and makes his Comics Hub product work for their stores and they all love him. He's one of the good guys. And the second he said digital comics, they turned on him. Sad. I, um, I have to agree with you. I think it's – I think probably the biggest issue I have with this is the comics industry to me is completely topsy-turvy in how it's structured. It's just broken in that regard. Um, so, like, let's flip it to any other industry. Instead of doing comic books, let's say – let's say you make um, 
Well, heck, let's say you make cars, okay? Yeah, this is a perfect example. Let's say you make cars. Um, so comic shops are different in that every store can be unique. It can be its own little thing, right? Car dealerships right. can do the same thing. They can be Bob's dealership, Todd's dealership, CarMax, Ford, the official Toyota dealership. Like, every one of them can be their own thing, right? Yeah, they can all be run differently. They can all have their own styles. CarMax does no haggle, no negotiating. Final price is what it is. We don't do anything. Someone else, the car might be valued at 20000 but they've got twenty five on the sticker because they want to try and beat you up. You know what I'm saying? Like, everyone's got their own method. But car dealerships exist all across the country in whatever method and fashion they want. Uh, and nobody blinks. Mm-hmm. Nobody blinks at it. Um, but when Ford makes a car, it's not the dealership's job to advertise the car. It's Ford's no. job. Right. If Ford is releasing the 2012 Ford Fiesta or I guess the 2021 Ford Fiesta. It's a little off on the years there. <laughs> which it's not 2012. Um, it's, not, it's not Todd's dealership's job to advertise a Ford Fiesta. Now it's their job to sell a Ford Fiesta. And there's a difference in those two marketing strategies. But it's not Todd's job to advertise the Ford Fiesta. It's the job of Ford. And while... They do a good job with some of their big titles, like House of X, Powers of X was marketed to the bone, right? Like Jonathan Hickman did interviews. Um, There was all kinds of stuff. They made video promos and did all sorts of stuff. But they don't do that with like Avengers issue nine, you know, like they don't. Yeah, they're not pushing everything. Yeah. And they don't consistently advertise and they don't reach out to people and they don't say, hey, you read Avengers issue eight. Are you interested in Avengers issue nine? In the meantime, on the car dealership side, they do that. Hey, last year you purchased a used automobile. Are you interested in doing a trade-in? Like they stay on top of you to keep those lines of communication open so that they so that you remember them when you're ready to do more business. Mm-hmm. And comic books don't do that. Um, the publisher should be advertising the product, first of all. First and foremost, it's not the job of the shop to advertise the books it's not the job of the shop to tell the reader well hey if you like a you're gonna love b the publishers should be doing that even the small publishers should be targeting people and stealing customers left and right like they should be doing that uh the creators need to be up front more the creators are are in this instance many celebrities they're 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 art icons we used to know our painters and our singers in our in our poets and our authors they used to be people that you would photograph and, and and things of that nature and yes comics books is a smaller industry financially but these people with social media they can get check marks they can be known they can be you know relevant and they need to do a better job of selling their stuff some of my favorite creators that i'm friends with on twitter i'm not going to name drop anybody here because i'm not going to be positive they don't sell their stuff very well They'll, they'll mention first issues. They'll talk about how excited they are for something. They'll show a preview or their share an article someone else does. But they don't go out of their way to say, oh, my God, my stuff's on the shelf today. Go buy it. Right. And that's, that's the next – that's what needs that. Creators need to be reaching out to fans, building those connections. Publishers need to have those relationships with fans. And then you come to the distributor. 
having only one distributor is the dumbest thing in the world. In the car dealership world, you could call any truck that has room for a car and is bonded, and they will ship your truck for you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, Not the case in the comics industry. In the comics industry, there's one guy, and the only good thing you can say about him is that he always pays on time. It's not that he's good, not that he has customer service, not that he delivers correctly, not that he's not that he prioritizes customers, not that he takes care of his customer base, not that he's good to customers, not that he even has a good relationship with his customers, the retailers. As a matter of fact, he has a very combative relationship with many of the retailers. However, he's the only game in town, so F you. Pretty much. Pretty much. And so because of that. They don't have to take care of people, and they don't take care of people. They're known for being kind of a disrespectful company, the direct market, diamond distributions. They're known for being kind of a crappy company to deal with. What happens when you become monopoly? It is. When you're a monopoly, you don't have to – you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And taking care of companies is one of those things people don't want to do. You don't have to be better if you're the only one. Exactly. Exactly, and they are the only one, or they feel like they're the only one. And because of that, it's um, they're a problem. They're a real, real problem. Um, you need to be able to. So, like right now, is proof that if there were other methods of distribution, these comic shops wouldn't be feeling the burden they're feeling. But because everyone has let it fall into this situation, it's it's completely it's completely broken. Right, and now that Diamond was like, ah, oh, we're basically done. Yeah, well, I mean, now, what are you going to do to stop them? How are you going to force it? You've got no other alternatives. No alternatives, no leverage. You have nothing. Mm-mm. You got nada. You have nada. And so these comic books are just sitting in a warehouse until Diamond feels like shipping them. It's insane. Just absolutely insane to me. Shutting down an entire industry, shutting down big and little publishers. There were guys who were about to make their debut who all of a sudden their book is gone. Um, you know, friend of the com- uh, friend of the show, Vita Ayala, share her, her X Fact or her uh, her book, uh, Children of the Atom, was about to debut. It didn't come out. <laughs> and it's not going to come out anytime soon because of Diamond. Right. Tell me that's not crazy. Like, you finally get your X-Men book. You finally get, like, that's the big, big, big break, right? And all of a sudden... Well, I mean, like, wild circumstances with the world ending. But, like, having... (sighs) Right. Having 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 your one and only distributor will basically go, "Eh, Not today. Nah. We're done. Not feeling it, son. I it's just know. weird. It's it's insane to me. I don't even know how to really process that as a. I don't. Even, I don't know. I don't know at all. Um, and so, to me, our industry is completely backwards. But the, but just as big, just as big of an issue. Uh, as I was looking to start selling my book, one thing I was looking at was I went and I looked up all these comic stores, and I think I told you this. Like, so many of them have zero Facebook presence, zero website presence. Like mm-hmm. you either walk in and get the store experience or you, or you, you get nothing. Don't know they exist. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or they have like a very generic comic book name. Uh, you wouldn't believe me how there was more than one, that comic book store. No, I, I believe you. That's. Or like that. dumb ones like Metropolis or Gotham city comic, like 
Like, come on, guys. Come on, guys. If if it's not the first, don't do it. You know what I mean? Like, as far as a name for a comic book store. You're trying to be original. You're trying to be different. And then you name yourself three other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them, they developed no internet. Some of them had so – listen, some of these pages had 4,000 followers, and they were posting stuff, and they were doing things like Our Guys, The Adventure Begins, who are active on their page even still with the coronavirus going on. They're making posts, talking about you know doing some changes in the store and all that, but they're active there. The other people, there are some people, some stores that are just doing nothing with their internet presence, and then they're like, my one distributor send, sends me books and I sell those. You're not even a store. You're a middleman. Like, you're not you're not actively retailing. You're just you're just flipping. You know, you exist, right? And so the industry is just completely turned upside down. And this is really an opportunity to change it, I would say, for the better. I don't know that it's going to change for the better. I don't I don't think I don't think this the industry has those thoughts, you know? It's a it's a weird position to be in because, you know with with your with your distribution just completely halted, like you have to find other ways to play the game. And I feel like there's not a lot of people who are motivated to do that. You're right. Like when you know me, you know I love some Gary V. Mm-hmm. Gary V. will do the thing where he'll just flat out tell you nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's up to you. If you want to do it, then do it. But if you if you're gonna sit around and, and piddle paddle and feel bad for yourself, nobody cares. And he's not right. wrong. He's a hundred percent accurate in that in that sentiment. And it's Never more evident than when stores just kind of roll over or when they go, oh, Diamond's not being fair to us. Nobody cares. Yeah. Because you could see this as a positive move from Diamond being like, we don't want this situation to get worse. So us, a distribution company, is going to halt things so that, you know, we're not a necessary industry. So we're not going to be shipping comic books. Um, I think that's true only as long as if they were still going to pay the people. Yeah, but I think what happens is that their their margins are so tight at this point, which I think is their own fault. Correct, correct. Listen, hey, what do we what do they what do we say in industry in capitalism in government when a person can't afford something? What do they? What does everyone say? Oh, they should oh, well. have less frappe avocado toast and. And they could have saved nine dollars a week and bought a home. You know, you know what I mean. Like, but when a business yeah. does it, we all kind of go, "Oh, it's a real tragedy." There's people who work there. Well, yeah, there are people who work there, and they should have been more responsible. Like, that's the real. That's the real answer. Like, somebody should have been keeping an eye on the on the button there, and and been like, "Oh, hey, we're kind of tight on cash." Um. Hey, if we were to ever stop doing this for two weeks, we literally can't pay people. Right, yeah, like that's one thing that like cash reserves, right? So before all of this started with the Corona stuff, there was a there was an article and it said, um, I guess we'll go on a little bit of a business tangent here. It said over the last five years, it was something like the average for Fortune five hundred or Fortune three hundred was like, uh, or no, the Dow Industrial five hundred, something like that. The average, though, was more money out, as in more money spent than more money made. 
and the more money spent was spent on stock buybacks um, than was actually in dividend payouts than was actually spent than was actually received in. Wow. So, you know, let's say you've got $1,000 in cash at the bank at the start of a year, and over the year you only made 5000 That's okay. They spent 6000 Right, but it's it stays internal basically because they're buying back stocks from exactly. shareholders. So they're increasing the value of the stock. So the company is still increasing in value, even though the value is less because they have less cash reserves. They're less prepared for an actual issue or emergency. It's one of the reasons why I always say the stock market's imaginary, and people always pitch a fit when I say that. But it's completely imaginary. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's it's literally robots trading at the speed of light, like. Yeah, they're just trading at the speed of computation at this point. And I'm and a few years back, I remember there was an error in one of the one of the company's algorithms, and they did like a hard stock dump, and it cost like a billion dollars in twenty minutes or something like that before anyone caught it. Yeah, like billions of dollars had vanished from the economy, and then like recirculated back by the end of the day. Yeah, so for the day they were only net down like a billion. And everyone's like, oh, well, it could have been way worse. Well, no, it should never have happened. But <laughs> right. This shouldn't have happened, but okay, sure. Yeah. Maybe maybe we should stop letting our robot overlords trade for us. But hey, I'm the crazy person. Look, this, we're, just, we're just cutting out the middleman for the Matrix. We're just making them. If we start them as overlords, they can only become more powerful. Right. Forget middle management. These guys are the boss. Right. <laughs> I'd like to see the Matrix have to turn in a TPS report. Right. Oh, uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Architect, you uh, you didn't have your cover on the TPS report. Did you not get the memo? Right. Super exciting time. But uh, I just I was blown away by the response from the industry because here's a revenue stream. It's wide open for everybody. Um, here's an opportunity. It, essentially, it's like if a website wanted to sell cars that were on the dealership's lot and then give them a cut of it. Right. Like there's literally no downsides. Right. The car moves, you get paid. Like, I mean, what, what, what are you mad about? The only thing I could potentially see is if it was like convoluted or like horribly, horribly mismanaged. But even then that's something you fix. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, that would be the only thing I could see as a problem with it. Right. Well, like, so when, um, when the Senate, well, went Republican in 2016, and they were trying to vote down Obamacare, the thing that was driving me crazy was there was no replacement, right? Like, no one's saying that there was a perfect system in place, but if we're going to get rid of something, let's have something. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, that's, I'm like, I'm with you. Like, if it was really complicated, then sure, be frustrated and be like, oh, I don't know if this is our best, you know, bet. But if that's how we feel and maybe it's not our best bet, then let's tweak it until it is our best bet. Like, right. Let's is, fix it instead of being like, I don't want it. Right. And that's what we did is uh, comic industry as a whole said, I don't want it. And so it went away. And they're like, you know what? That's fine. You don't get your money from digital comics. So yeah, the people who actually care aren't going to buy them. Are you're just not going to get anything from it. So now, I like I don't know what the other option is, and I don't know what else. Like, like I don't know where it's supposed to come from. 
Yeah, like even if you have a small percentage of your customer base, like very small, like I don't know, two percent. So you know, you have a hundred people in your store every other week, and only two of them buy comics online through this method. That's still two sales you wouldn't have if your store's closed. Yeah, it's two sales you don't have right now at all. Right. So I don't know, like. Even if you're gonna be like, oh, but the you know the eight dollars isn't really that relevant to me. It's like, well, yeah, but it's eight dollars you didn't have. And apparently, if we're running things so tight that distribution can't make their mark in two weeks, then I don't know what the problem is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If your distributor is out of cash after two weeks, you can't be sitting on that much more cash than he is. Right. Now, obviously, that's gonna be a store by store issue, but like, I mean, let's be honest. Like, most stores probably don't have it. Right. And I mean, yeah, the government's helping stuff with, you know, various plans that they have laid out. But, you know, as a society, we're always like, well, we got to fix this problem before anyone else does, because, you know, that's what you're supposed to do in capitalism. Right. Because you're like, oh, there's a problem. You'll solve it. You know, vanilla ice. This problem's here. Boom. If there was a problem, I'll solve it. Check out my hook while the DJ revolves it. Exactly. And instead they don't do that, is what you're saying. Yeah, instead they're just like, oh, dang, oh, well. Yeah, it's sort of a woes me industry right now, it feels like. A little bit like, oh, no, oh, well. And you're kind of like, wait, was that the whole thing? (laughs) Yeah. No no fix there? Oh, well. Yeah. I just feel bad for these stores that are, like, just going to not do anything and then just go out of business because of this. Yeah, there's sort of a weird thing, you know, when I got into business as a concept, just in general, when I, my associates is in business management. When I got in, one of the things that always struck me was like one of the very first stats I remember learning, and I don't remember what the number is, but it's something along the lines of like 80% of businesses don't do research into their industry. I mean, we didn't do research into our industry when we started. <laughs> That's 100% accurate. And like, we're still here, but you're right. Like, we just kind of stumbled into it like a couple of drunks. Um, and the truth is like, we got lucky in a lot of ways and we learned as we went, but we also wanted to learn as we went. Like, it's one thing to stumble in blind, but it's a whole other thing to be like, don't care, not worried. Mm -hmm. And so I'm at least proud of us that we were like, well, let's figure it out. Let's figure some things out before we continue any further on this. I mean, it's worked out so far. Let's learn some things. Uh, we're going to jump out of here right here, take a break. When we come back, we're going to have some more Nerd Thug Radio coming your way. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. going to tell you guys about my friends, The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Located right there on 1488 in Conroe. Right now, they're not open, but the Facebook page is active. They are still working every day to keep to keep their inventory going they're building a website they, they're working on some events behind the scenes that they can hopefully still put together even maybe some some internet-based things that they're working on uh but they're they want to stay connected with the community they want to stay connected with you guys and they want to keep serving the community in any way they can during these trying times so reach out to facebook.com backslash uh i believe it's the adventure begins if not just check the search bar the adventure begins comics games and more we often link to them so you can see them on our page. Just reach out, and if you can support them at all, go ahead and do so uh, as everybody kind of goes through this great pandemic opportunity. Uh, thanks, and be safe, guys. 
Hey, Conros, this is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health crisis straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community, so takeouts. Uh, is a good option to do so reach out to those places order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable uh i'm not asking anyone to risk their health but this, the community has always relied on the, itself to support itself and this is one of those times where as conroe we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who've been taking care of us this whole time helping montgomery county grow into one of the fastest growing counties in all of america uh thank you very much and stay safe and stay tuned for more nerd thug radio Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. All right, Conroe, welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio. Hanging out here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. And we're streaming worldwide at IrelandStar.com. As always, you can check us out on Facebook.com backslash NerdThug Radio, and we've come back from the break, and Nico's still alive, and so am I, so we're kicking off and kicking in and still going. Yeah, that was aggressive. I love it. Yeah. Bringing that positive energy. We're flowing. That's right. It's happening. Uh, just a heads up and a reminder, anybody who was going to apply for like the SBA loans and things of that nature, those are live in some places today and not in others, so apply. Tell me that's not confusing. Yep, that's a that's a great time. <laughs> it may or may not be on. I wish they would have kind of ironed out a little bit better, but I feel like yeah. everything happened so fast. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really the bigger issue is they're just kind of scrambling to get it figured out as they go. So there's really nothing else they can do except just right. yes and no and yes and no. The land of bureaucracy moves at its own pace. Uh, I read an article that mentioned that there that there's a little bit of a turf war going on between like Treasury and the and the SBA, like who's actually in charge of it. Oh, and it's like, yeah, yeah that's what we need right now. <laughs> way, way to stay focused, guys. Squabble it out, squabble it out. <laughs> uh, man, so we kind of got off on some tangents there. What uh, how's your lock-in going? You you making it? Uh, yeah, I'm surviving. You know. I've been watching like as many shows as I can get my hands on. I created my finally created my anime list that I need to plow through. It's like twenty shows. Oh god, I can only imagine how many hours of dubbed television that is. Subbed television, and yes, subtitled, not even dubbed, subtitled, subtitled. I I live the subtitled life. So a lot of times, I I I like to have something on that I do watch and pay attention to. But I'll also be doing other stuff, so I can't watch subtitled stuff. I mean, yeah, because you're you're doing other things. Like, like it's hard to eat snacks and watch anime because I'm like <laughs> I'm having to read. <laughs> so I have to read everything, so like sometimes I'm not paying attention. Then I have to go back and like, oh, what did you say? I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> These Fruit Loops are delicious. Oh no, what did he say? Oh god, it's plot relevant. <laughs> 
Oh, I love it. <laughs> that's the best thing you've said yet. I that's it's hard to snack and watch animes at the same time. Nico, there's never been a more Nico esque <laughs> just right there. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, so uh, what's on the list? Anything good? Well, I I watched the first episode of uh, God's Tower, which is the webtoon that got animated. Okay, all right. Oh, okay, so this is interesting. Um, We talked about webtoon kind of when they debuted. We met with the people at Comic Palooza. They're really cool. Um, They're making a big push into America. And essentially, they were – listen, anybody who says comic books are dying is an idiot because Webtoons, just in South Korea alone, had – correct me if I'm wrong, Nico, 30 million readers? Yeah, something insane. Like, it's a big deal. It's really – because it's a, it's a really cool platform. Right. And so essentially uh, – man, I don't even know how I would describe this in such a way where, like, everything's free and, like, the first eight chapters are up. And then, like, based on how aggressively people read it – it either it either like gets picked up by the official webtoons crew, like they'll start paying the people who make it, or it can continue as a free one forever. But it also like they build followers, they get their own sponsorship, like things happen for these people. Yeah. And so one of those things, when they came over to America, obviously America's big on just property stealing, and so. One of the properties proved pretty exciting and unknown, and so they went ahead and said, "Let's uh, let's make it an anime." And uh, it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, it has a very like it's a very ethereal. So the premise of the show is, or I guess the webtoon, the comic is. Uh, there's two characters named. One is named Rachel. The other one is Bam. Those are the main two. Okay. And uh, in this world exists this tower. It's not a physical tower. It's more of like a metaphorical one, I guess. Uh, okay. That you have to uh, at the, you have to ascend every floor, and at the very top is like the ability to become god or a god. Okay, I'm guessing that there's challenges along the way, though. Yeah. So there's like a test you have to take to enter the tower, and then like. Once you pass that, you can enter it, and then every floor has its own thing that you have to do. And then you become, like, what, like, the god of, like, sunshine, or, like, the god of, like, cool stuff? Like, no, like, god god. Oh, like, like you make, like, okay. Like, right. creation god. <laughs> like, No, that's kind of serious stuff there. Yeah. So it's an anime now, though. Yes, it's animated. And so these two characters are working their way up a tower together competitively? No, so one of them is like, I want to she, uh, Rachel is like I want to climb the tower, so she goes into the, she goes to the tower, because it, it's, so she literally just falls into it like it's like, oh, it's almost like a dimension where like, you, it's it's a different like plane Okay uh, So she goes and then the the guy's like super upset and he's like I'm gonna follow you to the top of this tower so he just goes in immediately after her but they're not together he's just following her and she wants to get to the top in typical anime fashion yeah strong independent woman creeper boyfriend right 
cool, cool. But by the end of every one of these, they always wind up together, right? Yeah, or like horribly tragic and they both die or something, you know. Like right. Classic. Never really works out real great for her. That or they're both dead, either way. Is that great for her? <laughs> I don't know. Beats <laughs> dating him. <laughs> I mean, like, the end of the story, she's probably going to become God, so. Also, it's kind of an ego thing, right? Like, you know what I want to be? God. Yeah. That's, that's kind of a, that's a real ego moment there. A little bit. But, like, uh. Where do you even. Yeah, where do you even go from there? <laughs> right, like, what do you, sitting in traffic on a Tuesday and you're like, no, man, no, you know what? I'm doing it all wrong. I'm on my way into Kinko's for another eight hours that I don't want to do. You know what? No, no. Going to the God Tower tomorrow. Screw it. Well, like, you immediately find out that, like, going to the God Tower is just such a terrible idea. So I'm just going to spoil the first episode because it's the first episode. Okay. You're either going to watch it or you're not. Uh, So main two characters, one of them, like, she literally, like, falls into rose petals, and then, like, they, like, evaporate. And he's like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> right. And then he falls into the tower, and then there's this spooky-looking guy that's like, I'm the tower's caretaker. You have to pass this challenge to enter the tower. Uh, and it's a little, like, it's, it's a black sphere protected by, like, this flying dragon. And he's like, you have to go and break the sphere. So he gets met up with some other people that are also like, who's this man walking into this tower like it's nobody's business? Not even know what's going on. Because <laughs> he's just as confused as all of us. That's crazy. Uh, so they're like, here, take the sword and go break this Go go take your entrance exam, basically. They give him a sword, though. The sword has some relevance, but we don't know what that is yet. Also, something that was interesting is that when he entered the tower, the other characters were speaking a language that he didn't understand. And so he had to... They had to use, like, a translation spell, effectively. Did he... Like, do they know magic? Do these characters know magic? Uh, yeah, well, they do, but he doesn't. Oh, okay. Alright. So they're like, oh, well, because they come in and they're just yelling stuff at him, and he's like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what? And the guy's like, he probably doesn't understand us. We gotta use the, the thingy. <laughs> he doesn't look that smart. Someone, someone cast a spell on this dummy. Yeah, and then he's like, do you understand this town? He's like, oh yeah, that makes way more sense. That's kind of... I just so... always... I always like universes that have different languages. Uh, like, it's a neat touch, but in reality, like, if you're telling a story, it's practically... It's usually a problem. Although in Dragonlance, they do a cool thing with it. Uh, when they do the story of the Companions, it's based on uh, a Dungeons & Dragons, like, module that they were building at the time. Mm-hmm. So languages are like a thing in Dungeons and Dragons, obviously. Yeah. Like, oh, you're on the island full of people who speak Draconic, but you don't know any. So good, good luck. luck. <laughs> yeah. Well, so at one point, they're mercenary. They this group of uh, orcs ca- like ambushes them and has them tied up, and so 
they start speaking in like a really low version of common to try to imply that they're dumb mercenaries and not the people that they're looking for. Mm. And the goblins are like, they don't even, they barely even speak common. Look how dumb these people are. <laughs> Where are they even from? Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. But, uh, but yeah, I just, typically language is a hard thing to get right in a, in a story. So that's interesting at least. Yeah. So he goes in, he, uh, he gets, <laughs> so immediately the first thing he does is walk up to the dragon and then gets eaten. <clears throat> Uh, but he stabs it in the mouth so it like lets him go because smart thing to do. Fair enough. Because uh, we find out later that it's like its hide is too difficult to cut, and he just has a sword, so there's no way he's gonna fight this giant dragon with just a sword. <laughs> um, see, that doesn't really make sense for me. <laughs> Fighting dragons with swords from the inside. Remember in like Guardians of the Galaxy two, and he's like. Its skin is too thick to cut with my knives. I must get it from the inside. And Gamora and Star-Lord are like, his skin is still thick in the inside. Like, that yeah, his skin is anyone... as thick on the inside as it is outside. Right. Did anyone, did anyone run that by him yet? Yeah, but scales are a thing, so. <laughs> yeah, but the scales, bro. The scales. Anyways, he, he breaks the ball, obviously, and he gets inside the tower. And so he gets teleported instantly to the second floor. Or to the first floor? I don't know how they order these. Well, there should be a number. Uh, they just they, <laughs> they just say he ascended the tower. They never, like, give floor names. All right, fair enough. So they're like, oh, he ascended to the next floor. And they're like, all right, cool. And it's just this, like, huge open field with, like, the occasional <laughs> hill. And then this little square floats like next to him and is like, there are 400 people in this, uh, in this area. That number will be 200, and then you'll go to the next floor. Oh, crap. And well, they gotta kill each other. And that's the only information. Oh, and there's also a time limit. And that's the only information we get. So, like, as soon as that like, announcement's over, this huge dude with a sword rolls up on him. And yeah. it's like, you're dead, kid. You didn't think about this. <laughs> and then he gets yeah. he gets shot with like he's about to die, and he gets shot with an uh, the the big guy with the sword gets shot with an arrow, and you're like, oh Jesus! <laughs> like he's already so big guy dies, and then you you like look up and it's an archer on like a on like a hill, and she's got their main character in her sights, and then she gets shot. <laughs> By a guy with a sniper rifle. <laughs> of course. And then the sniper guy is standing there, and then he's about to take a shot on the main character, and then he gets grabbed by a guy. Yeah, it's just gonna yeah, it's just gonna get crazy from there. Right. Uh there was a scene in the first issue of Justice League Elite that was like that. It's the one where the they make like an undercover Justice League. Mm-hmm. And the bad guys hire, like, a bunch of assassins from around the world, and they put them all in one little place, and they're like, okay, tonight, the city is yours, kill until we yell stop. And so, like, they're telling all the, they want all the, they want the best of the best, right? So these assassins are going to start killing each other. And so, like, as soon as they yell go, like, they just start going to town on each other. And start murdering each other. (laughs) Right. 
Yeah, man, that's crazy. So yeah, that's literally that's how the first episode ends, and then uh, the episode ends with the uh, main character meeting up with in like of uh, like a small opening with like three other dudes. One of them, which I think has been in a lot of the promotional material, so he's probably going to be relevant. It's like a white-haired guy with a blue streak in his hair. All right. Uh, Typical. Typical. A a weird-looking golem dude with a bunch of eyeballs. (laughs) And then a dinosaur man. Why not? So, yeah. So, this is, like, clearly a fantastical world. Like, in the get-go. Like, there's all kinds of beings trying to ascend this tower. So, that's pretty cool. (laughs) So, that's pretty cool. I just like that, like... They do mention that the main character is an irregular, which we don't know what that means yet. We don't know who regular people are. Right. There's a lot. They've laid a lot of groundwork here. Right. This is, this is a lot. Of, it's a lot of information to take in, and I didn't do the best job of explaining it, but it, it's it's a lot of information. But it's a really now, interesting is this in show. English, though? It's in. It's subtitled. I don't know what the. I think it's Japanese. Subtitled. Yeah, it's subtitled. If you don't want to. Watch it subtitle. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you and your subtitilians. I mean, you could probably read the. You could probably just read the webtoon. It's probably going to be in English if you wanted to do that instead. There you go. See. Yeah, I think the webtoon thing is a really cool idea. I think it's a really uh, level field launching ground for things. It's. It's also just. It's. It's kind of a genius format because it. It. It streamlines digital comics so much. Well, yeah, and it's definitely a different way to do it. I mean, there's no getting around it, right? Like, it's definitely intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so this is kind of a—is this the first one that's that's been released? Yeah, so only one episode is out. And no, I mean, is this the first uh, webtoons anime? Yes, this is the big one. That's exciting. That's exciting. This is the first time someone's someone's story from webtoons is being animated, and the 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 intro is just pretty cool because it like goes with them. like obviously like listing like producers and music and all that other stuff, but then it has like like the original writer and like his his team and his staff. It's pretty cool. That is neat. That is that's something. I think that's the thing that's gonna kind of go on there and be worth talking about over time is how these shows do and, and what the next ones look like. Are they all just going to be animes? Like, are they going to pick other stuff? I'm intrigued by the model. I'm intrigued by the model. This is also a Crunchyroll exclusive. Well, Crunchyroll has one of the contracts with Webtoons. I saw someone else does too, though. I'm not sure who else. I, it might have been Amazon that I read. It could be. Amazon would have their hand in like everything. I, I want to say that I saw that Crunchyroll has a deal, but then also that Amazon wanted to animate some of these as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm intrigued by like what comes next with these guys. I think it's a, I think it's a big thing. Yeah. Uh, before we get too far into anything else, because we're kind of against the time a little bit here, we got about what three minutes. Yeah. Uh, I do want to tell everybody about the Adventure Begins comics games and more. I know we talked about it. We kind of briefly mentioned them when we were talking about the industry as a whole. Uh, they are on 1488. They're still well-lit, family-friendly, and clean, but they are closed right now. 
Um, but they do want us to kind of keep reminding you guys about the community. Get on the Facebook page. They're working on building a website. Uh, reach out to them if they maybe you had some stuff in your box you didn't get to get to before they close. It's something that maybe they can help you with. Uh, be sure to send them an email. Um, but in the meantime, they're getting ready. They're ramping up. They're, they know that this isn't a permanent thing. and They're hunkered down for the long haul and gearing up and getting ready to come back bigger and better than ever. And um, they can only do that with the support of the community. So just kind of stay tuned and keep an eye on them and help them out. And just uh, as they start making more and more announcements and getting back on their feet, help them and stay involved. Yep. Uh, so my roommates the other day got on like a, like a baking kick. Mm-hmm. They made shrimp quiche is basically what I can describe it as. That's odd. Super odd. There's like 20 ingredients. My roommate was like laughing about how complicated it was. And she was doing that. Uh, they were delicious though. Artichoke and shrimp. Like the main ingredients. Who would have known? And then... They took it one step further. They made dessert pastries. Okay, that's not out of the ordinary. <laughs> Most pastries well, aren't the same. They took a like croissant roll. Uh-huh. Then they filled it with like the lemon like curd or like filling. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when we went to that fancy tea place with the meeting with the marketing girl? Yeah. And uh, we did teas with, like, desserts and stuff and little triangle sandwiches. Yeah. It was like that. Mm. It was that kind of, like, lemon meringue. I don't know how to describe this. <laughs> Not a baking was, person. I, well, I don't know enough. I mean, as much as I eat food, I don't know how other people, like, I don't know how to order. Like, for a long time, I didn't know what capers were. I just thought, like, the tiny peas that taste better. I don't. I, to be honest, I don't even know what capers are. They're tiny. They're tiny little peas that taste better. Oh, uh, I see. They're like a little tartar. They have like a, just a stronger flavor. Yeah. You put like, them on like. You put them on like fish. Dishes. I, I see them mostly with fish. Fish also yes they are, they go on fish and then they go on like chicken when you put like a hollandaise yellow sauce on it mm. they'll put capers on it. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, it was delicious. It was fantastic. Uh, as soon as we get done here, I'm going to raid the fridge and see if I can find any more. Mm. Uh, which means we're out of time. So Darn. on behalf of The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more, on behalf of the city of Conroe, just keeping it together and staying positive, on behalf of the comic industry who needs the help, on behalf of little brother Nico and myself, same nerd thug time, same nerd thug channel, let me get up in that fridge. <laughs> Thank you.